Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. TCL is a proud sponsor of the Score North Studios. Enjoy more of the things you love with TCL. My favorite, it's Judd's Hockey Show. The the guys coming in, the guys that we're in, um, they're playing their butts off. It's it's a lot of fun for for the coaching staff um, to to get the efforts that we are getting each and every night, and uh, we expect them to continue to do that. They have set a standard for themselves um, at this point, and uh, that work ethic standard is extremely high. And um, now it's a matter of our jobs to keep uh, um, keep them focused on doing that each and every night. We got problems. Dean Evison. Everything you just said, I guess, is in the past tense for now. We got problems. We got COVID. We got the wild among the teams shut down through at least next Tuesday. It's Judd's Hockey Show. Zolgad and Declan Goff. And Dex, we were going to do this show reflecting on what was supposed to be the Wilds' Thursday night tilt against the Avalanche in Denver. It did not uh, take place. And in fact, now the Avs and Wild both have had to shut down their facilities and their seasons for the time being. Mm-hmm. And the last game the Wild will have played would have been Tuesday night now that, that we did actually a live Judd's hockey show that people can catch on occasion when we do those. And um, I got a question for you. How confident are you right now, Declan Goff? Because every sport's its own entity, and each sport has its own challenges when it comes to COVID. How confident are you that we're going to get through this, given that we have now had, what, Carolina and Dallas uh, were shut down to start the season. Buffalo is now shut down. I think the Devils, decks have something like 17 COVID cases. Yeah. Um, the, the Avs have shut down. The Wild shut down. They are, at least for the sick wild players, they are um, sending them back here in basically a medical plane. What is your confidence that we're going to get, that hockey is going to get through this? Now, football did, baseball did, and basketball I don't think has had as many problems. I mean, I'm confident they can get through it. It's going to take a little bit of changing, I think, of some measurements and also, the discipline of players to not get exposed to this. Look, I know hockey facilities are in a different boat than football and baseball and even basketball facilities. And because of the nature of the ice, it is a completely different game-changing factor with getting airflow and the right temperature. It's not just, hey, you got a roof, you don't got a roof, or right. there's an open court and there's open stands and it's easy to get airflow in and out. Different beasts with hockey. Um, and I'm not going to pretend also to be a scientist on why that why that's the case. Um, I, I do think the Wild can get through this. I think the NHL will get through this. The interesting part is it's just, it's going to limit practice times. And right when you thought the Wild on other teams after the pause, who looked sloppy through the first four or five games, and then you, you, know, you finally start to get into a rhythm, you get into a little bit of a groove. Yep. And now you're basically back to the exact same peg hole you were at the beginning of the season. It just might be sloppy hockey for a while. So they're going to have to cram in these games and that's going to be the challenge. But, I think they get it through. I get, or I think they get through it. It's just, it's there's going to be times where teams are going to be paused, and that's just kind of the nature of the beast right now. I will tell hockey the same thing I told baseball, and I think it's important, and I think they should listen. Okay. Don't be afraid to find a way, and I don't know if it's win percentage or what. Don't be afraid if you don't play 56 games. Like this is so outside of our scope of the box, right? You know. 82 games, right? And it's this and it's that. Because if you look at what they're going to have to to do now, and it's not just for the Wild, it's for lots of teams, to cram games in and uh, rearrange games. And right now, Declan, it potentially sets up that the Wild schedule is going to be absolutely nuts. Like They could could be playing 18 games in a month, basically, something Mm -hmm. like that. Mm -hmm. Don't be afraid to find another way to determine playoff spots. If you get to like, let's say, fifty-two games, I'm not saying play forty, 
Uh, but I said the same thing in baseball. And I think the Cardinals, I think the Cardinals and Tigers, but I think the Cardinals uh, went fewer than 60. But with the amount of teams, and I would guess that this is going to continue to be a problem at different times. Sure. So, so like the ones that we just talked about that have been shut down are not going to be the last ones. I think the league has to come to a, a peaceful resolution that you might not get everybody to play 56 games. And if you play 52 or you play 50, it's not going to end the world. Correct. The, in, the integrity of the game, for the lack of a better word, is always is already in question right now with, with it being a 56-game season. And by the way, like I am for it, the shortening of the season in general, COVID or no COVID situation. But like, I just I can't stand hockey culture of this is the norm and this is the code and this is the way we do things. It's the same thing with fighting. It, it, it's just because we're, we've always done something a certain way. Like, just apply that logic to life. Apply that logic to any other situation. We've always done certain things like this. So why do we have to change it? Sure. 56 years ago, some people and genders and, and ethnicities weren't allowed to vote. Oh, well, we've always done it like this. Like, you eventually have to change and you adapt, and that's just how life goes, man. So, like, don't give me the bull crap of, of well, we've always done things a certain way. No, no, no. We are in an ever-changing world right now. Get used to it. Right, and most importantly, too, you've now come down from the normal 82 games to 56. So don't freak out if the Wild plays 51. Like, find a way on their percentage of wins, whatever, I'm okay with that. to seed them correctly. That's fine. Uh, but that's the one thing is because I think if we adhere to, well, if, you, if we don't get fit, there is no reason to get guys hurt for this season. Like, there is no reason to push this. Uh, so much. I will say this. I, th- I think the one thing that the Wild experienced before their shutdown that comes in handy now because it's going to be absolutely necessary, no matter what the Wild thinks, it's going to be necessary, is this. You are going to have to play probably a, a lot of games when you get back in a consolidated schedule at times. The fact that you now have, I think, two goaltenders who you're confident in is potentially huge. Because before yes. before it was, well, Talbot's going to start and then Cabo will come in sometimes and then... Talbot got hurt, and Koppel played. And I'm not saying he's Dryden, but I thought he was pretty damn good. He was fine. Um, and you are going to have to play. When these teams all start to come back and play games quickly, you are you cannot play Talbot night after night after night. So I think the fact that you found out that Koppel Kakinen can play Dex is extremely important yeah. because he is going to have to be in net quite a bit in some type of rotation, I would guess, when you look at how often... This team is going to have to play, which, by the way, before was a lot. So imagine it potentially now. Absolutely. And I, I think it's a good conundrum for the Wild to have that Capo showed up and played well. Um, I don't think it's Capo pressing Talbot for his job necessarily. I, I think it's good that the Wild have a, a tandem system here that works well for him. I think Talbot's looked well. I, I think I think Capo's looked well. It, it's, these all have been really good things for the Wild. So um, that's why it's frustrating with the pause because also you're going to get Kevin Fiala back for that fourth game, and that was kind of going to be the – uh, the most anticipated game of the season to see how Fiala would do. Jared Spurgeon might get with healthy. With all of them. And now Spurgeon might get healthy. It accelerates Dumba's uh, return to the ice. So yep. there, there are some good things with, with the pause. Dumba coming back, you think? I'm it's, unsure on that one. That that knee twisted real weird. Uh, that knee twisted. Yeah. That that knee. Now, I think Spurgeon, I think Spurgeon's probably a concussion is my guess. Yeah. Uh, so ho- hopefully he's fine. But, um, yeah, the Dumba one. Scared me. All right, let's get to this. Since we've been talking about, um, since we've been t- talking about COVID and schedules, which is a- after eh. a point in time, sort of like, yeah. okay, uh, let's get to some fun stuff. Reckless speculation. Reckless speculation. Great talk. Reckless speculation. I got a bunch of it. Okay. I have centers. I come to you. I I am I am a waiter at a high class restaurant. And I come to you with a platter of centers. Okay. Because, I mean, this team needs, eventually they got to get one. Like, I don't know if it's 2021, Declan Goff, but eventually they have to get one, right? Yeah. Like, you've got no, there's no, well, if we wait for Rossi and he develops at some point in time here, even when Marco Rossi plays for this team, you're going to have to have more than that and address this position. So, I come to you with some reckless speculation. Okay. Uh, So, I will start with this one. The, the first entree that I have for you is a guy that we brought up on Judd's Hockey Show after we did it Tuesday following the Avalanche um, victory over the Wild. Sam Bennett. We, we have more here now. 
So let's see here. Let me get this right. So he's 24. He was selected fourth overall in the 2014 draft by uh, Calgary. Yeah. Of course, being that high a pick, he was counted upon to become a top six center. It did not happen. So he is a bottom six guy right now. Um, A report on Hockey Night in Canada came out last Saturday that I think was passed along by Bennett's agent that Sam Bennett wanted to be traded. Mm -hmm. The Calgary Flames had no knowledge, supposedly, of this. So basically the agent went to Elliot Friedman, who is a a Schefter type when it comes to hockey reporting, and said, my guy wants out, I want you to report it. And And the Flames are like, what? Huh? Thank you? Well... Here's the progression of the storyline. Last night in their game against the Jets, Sam Bennett was a healthy scratch. Oof. He right now has one assist and is a minus five so far this year in the games that he has played. All right. I'm going to start with him. Your thoughts on getting a guy who was the fourth pick, mm-hmm. who's 24, so he's not an old man. Right. There's clearly upside there. Uh, and he might have been buried in a uh, in you know with a team that he has not thrived with. Who knows why? Or he might just be a disappointment. But I think that you could get him at a fairly reasonable non Pierre Luc Dubois price. Oh yeah, right. 100%. Fair enough. Yep. Okay. Your thoughts on Sam Bennett? I'm intrigued by Bennett. So Bennett was a very talented rookie, highly touted prospect. Since then, he's kind of hit a wall. He's not maybe a top six guy. But as I've told you, I, I'm looking for any competent center. And and by competent, I mean a step above Nick Bukestead. I know. I mean yes. a ceiling that is not I Nick hear you. Benino. Yeah, Pierre, not, Pierre Luc Dubois is not coming here right now. For sure. So you're right. So I, I as much as it would be fun to have Dubois or a line A here, that wasn't going to happen. Sam Bennett. Okay. So Bennett doesn't shoot a ton. He doesn't shoot a ton. That's all right. I'm okay with that. Last year in the playoffs for Calgary, scored some big goals. Five goals in ten games, Sam Bennett did. Mm-hmm. Had a nice little playoff run there. Mm-hmm. I think what you do here is you trade player for player. And honestly, and I, and you're going to make this sound like, well, of course you would do this because you want him off the team. I would do a straight-up swap Marcus Johansson for Sam Bennett right now. You think Calgary would do that? I think they I think would. I think they'd be looking for a little bit more. But I, I, but I do think that that's... Like, that could get you down the path. If you want to do Marcus Johansson in a fourth-round pick, I'm entertaining that trade. Um, yeah, I, I'm 100% entertaining that trade. Number one, jo- Johansson is a better, like, as much as I rip him, he is a better player right now than Sam Bennett is. He is a better player. Yep. Um, he's a, spend, he's a, a, a pending UFA, so Calgary wouldn't be on the books for him. And, and Sam, I believe, is a pending RFA. So you would control the rights. I understand why, you know, two or three years ago, you would say that that's all you could get for Sam Bennett, who was coming off, you know, his four straight du- double-digit goal season. But he's disgruntled. He wants out, and Calgary probably wants to get him out, too. So I don't think it's going bust to the, bust the bank to get him here. And if you can just trade a player for a player with a, with a low- to mid-tier draft pick, Make the call. And it's worth a chance. Yes. It's it's worth a shot. Because guess what? Best case, second line guy. Right. Like, let's say he gets here and sort of takes off. Right. And, and 24 is not done. And keep in mind, too, and I know we'll go down to the next target as well, with the oh, Canada. It's going to get spicy. With the Canadian get spicy uh, in the studio. Uh, requirements for, for quarantining and stuff, it's going to take him a week to get here. And, and with the wild season paused, I would honestly, I, I know the wild parent thinking like this, but I'd make this trade sooner rather than later. Well, yeah, right now would be I, the I, ideal I would make time it to make right it. Right now, so you can accelerate this whole quarantining process. So, mm-hmm. yeah, I would, I would absolutely entertain it. And just to be clear on his contract, uh, Sam Bennett is in the second season of a two-year, five point one million dollar contract. His cap hit right now is two point five five mil, and he's scheduled to become a restricted free agent after the twenty twenty one season. Okay, I'm all in. Okay, I'm all in on that. Okay, hold, I like that trade. Hold on, hold on. Look at me, fixing the wild. Bill Guerin listens to the show. Friend of the show. Wait for it. Yep. Reckless speculation. Reckless speculation. Reckless, Reckless speculation. Reckless Whoa. speculation. Whoa. It's a lot of speculation. It's gonna get. It's gonna get even more speculative right okay. now. Okay. Because this one's gonna cost you more. This one's gonna cost you more. This player's better. This player's older. But this player. This player would immediately step in, no questions asked, and be your number one center. Yeah. Are you ready for it? I'm ready. Montreal Canadian 
And by the way, a guy that was centering their top line at one time, not long ago, not this season, but last year, but he, he's been overtaken uh, by guys like Suzuki. Is it Kotkaniemi, I believe it is? Sounds correct. Kok- I, I think you just have to say it quickly. Anyway, 28-year-old Philip Daniel. Mm-hmm. Daniel. Okay. okay. Or I, I'm sorry. He's going to be he's 27 right now. Yeah. He's going to be 28 on February 24th, so very soon. Happy birthday. He is in the final year of his contract. He will be a UFA, but he would step, he would cost you more. Mm-hmm. Um, but he would step in right now and center your top line. No questions asked. He would. No questions asked. What are you willing to pay for him? Okay. And how much value do you put on him? Because clearly, if you make this trade, you would very much ha- have an eye on then re-signing him yeah. and retaining him in in opening day of training camp 2021-22 would probably be Daniel, Daniel. and Marco Rossi as your second-line center. That's my guess. Yeah, Daniel, uh, as I like to do there uh, with, with the French heavy French accent, I, like I mean, he is the number one center. He's an analytics darling. Uh, a Corsi through the roof. I, I, 50, I knew I brought this to the right guy. 56% Corsi rate in Montreal. Yes. The nerds would love, 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 love Don't this Don't say the guy. nerds. You're a nerd when it comes not, to I, hockey I, analytics. I like, like to, I like to look at them. I like to apply them with the eye test. I don't just throw them out at will. Okay? You treat them like, like you're dating life. You're dabbling in them constantly. Yeah, there are always options. I want to keep my options on the table, Judd. That's exactly what it is. You can't be afraid of life. Um, He's also very responsible. You can play both ends. Even with his offensive and defensive zone splits, they're they're pretty almost right down the middle. So he can play an offensive game. You can play a defensive game. Here's another big factor. The dude can out, absolutely win a face-off. Career 54% face-off guy in Montreal. Oh, you keep you're singing my you're singing my language. Yeah, this would be a number 1 center acquisition. Um and and even though he might not be a number 1 center on most teams, he is by far the number one center on the Minnesota Wild if they were to acquire him. Now, the compensation, I gave you a, a, a you know a chump change offer for, for Bennett, and that's because, well, Sam Bennett's worth is at the thrift store right now, and mm-hmm. I'm trying to get mark I'm going to get prices marked down from uh, from original original dealers. So gotcha. I think you're gonna have to start with probably a first round pick. Fans wouldn't like that. When you've got two. And you got two, though. So one of them is going to be from Pittsburgh. One of them is your own. I think you start with a first-round pick. Okay. I think that is the starter there. Okay. Now, where do you want to give up? What do you want to give up? I don't give up Matthew Boldy. I would give up Matthew Boldy for the right guy. I wouldn't give up Boldy for this guy. Okay. Um, I'm going to I'm gonna rule But if him you're giving there. up a first-round pick, you're starting with a pretty good piece of real estate right there. Mm-hmm. Like, that's very fair. So... That's the issue here. I don't think you'd have to add. You, you would definitely have to add. I don't think that you would add a top prospect to that. No, I don't. It, the The first round pick is the is the prospect sweetener, if you will. Correct. I don't think you have to throw in um, a Matthew Bull. Is there an existing player that that Le Havre, <laughs> Le Montreal Canadiens? Is there an existing player that they could use that you could put in? You know, and keep in mind too, they have demoted this guy from basically their top guy to their third guy. He has value. He's still an attractive player, but they have basically, by their own admission, quickly found guys that they deem to be better, too. So the problem so is... This, so this is, just to be clear, from my end, this is not the Pierre-Luc Dubois sweepstakes. Mm-hmm. This is an attractive player. The other issue you have here is if you want to throw Matthew Dumba's name into the ringer, according to capfriendly.com in Montreal, they have four defensemen all making north of $3.5 million. Shea Weber making a pretty penny. Yeah, uh, Petri's making a pretty, pretty penny. Damn, he's been good this season. Joel Edmondson's making a decent money, not uh, not breaking the bank money. Former blue, yeah. So you can't really say, well, I'll just throw Matt Dumb in the first-round pick, call it square. Like, I don't know how that would work for Montreal. They, they either. might not take that. They might not take that. So I think you're looking at a first-round pick. I don't think I can part with Jordan Greenway at this point. I obviously can't part with another center because I'm so starved for them. You have to you have to, you have to, get creative here. Um, so it's a first-round pick and, and something else that I'm missing here. I, 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 I'm just trying to figure out what would be a fair trade, and I'm, and I'm struggling. Because right now, I, if it was, let's just say it's Jordan Greenway. Let's just say it for the, for the sake of this argument. He's having a nice start to the season. He's young. He has upside. He has RFA rights. You can control him for a little while. That's a lot. First round. I don't Jordan think I do Greenway a first round pick in Greenway right now. Yeah. I think I do. 
I think I would talk either one of those, but I don't think I would talk both of them in the same deal. So I, I would talk, if you want Greenway, you ain't getting my first round pick. Mm-hmm. And if you want my first round pick, you ain't getting Greenway. But I will talk about either one of those. And and just to circle back on that point, if you're going to get a center who you can plug in at your one, you are going to have to give up something the fans won't like. Like, Correct. that's just the price of it. Yes. So you can't say, well, Greenway's off to a great start. How could you do that? Okay, he's off to a great start, but he's a wing. Yep. He's a wing. Now, the thing with Montreal that makes them intriguing, as far as a trade partner, though, is they're really damn good. Like they are playing great. They're Stanley Cup good, which I didn't, which I didn't, I didn't see. Expect that either, yeah. Uh, and and it, they lost uh, shockingly, I think, to the Sens last night, who hadn't won since they beat Toronto on opening night. So, but that being said, it's hockey that's going to happen. But Montreal, I think, has a chance to compete for a Stanley Cup. Mm-hmm. So we are talking about they would probably like an influx of a guy who will help them this season. Uh, and I don't know if there's somebody different that we could pivot to off of that part of the conversation. And Greenway definitely could be that guy. But I think where you're right is I'm sure fans said, well, Declan, you can't give up. Greenway, you can't give up a first-round pick. How can you do that? All right. If we're talking about solving this problem and we're talking about getting a center here, and you would also have to check with his representation to make sure that he would sign here long term. Mm-hmm. Like you can't have him come come here and take off as a UFA after 2021. But if you could get him locked up and in agreement to a deal, I think you're going down the right track. Just not both of those things, right? This is a, yeah, it's a hard. This is a hard. But would you do Greenway in a second round? Probably. Pick? Just as the start as the starting point of the conversation, I think I would I without think insulting I them. Yeah, I, that that's the issue is if Montreal's playing playing good hockey, which they are, um, they're going to want something immediately back too. They're not going to subtract something that's working. For no, them. but Greenway would help them. And and do you yep. know who oh, would really would. help them? Who would really help them? A gritty veteran winger who's been in the Stanley Cup Finals before. Crazy Zach Perry. I'm giving you Zach Perry. Oh my God. So all right. Well, hold on. Let's go. Let's explore that again. Then let's explore that again. Oh boy. Oh boy. This yep. is getting good. Yep. This is getting Hit good. It. Let's see, I had gone off of that oh. to do something else, but hold on. Reckless speculation. That's right. I got the button button. Okay. Let's go back to that conversation then. Yeah, go ahead. So if it's Zach. All ears. I'm all ears. If it's Zach Parisi. Yep. I'm interested in that. Now, Montreal has next to no cap space, which is a significant issue. Yeah. So does the wild. Yep. Um, which is why Greenway probably is attractive, right? But they would definitely probably be intrigued by a playoff bet in Zach Parisi. Okay, that's a uh, so so. Let's say it's your first round pick in Zach, because they they would want something oh, like they're not going to just take Zach and be like that's great. Yeah, great. yeah. they're probably going to want a fir- they're they're going to want a piece of future collateral if they're going to take a present one. I think Greenway to me falls into the sweet spot right between those things because he's still young. Mm-hmm. But he would help you immediately. Mm-hmm. So that that's what would get me around the packaging with Greenway wouldn't have to be as good. Well, so they would be buyers. So, I mean, yeah, they would want – they'd be okay with the shorter return. I can see that. So it would probably be Zach. And, and your first-round pick. And I guess, yeah, maybe your first-round pick. Because they'd be taking on salary. They wouldn't – Yeah, but, I mean, he could help them. He, he could, could help them right now. He could. He could. And Toffoli's playing awesome right now. Jonathan Drewen, I, I I've always been a big fan of. I think the Wild tried to get him when he was being traded by and Tampa. Mont- Check this out, too. And this is on Cap Friendly, too. Montreal has three third-round picks, yep. three fourth-round picks, three fifth-round picks, two second-round picks, and a first-round pick. So they have they have capital to give up. They have draft capital for to give up for, for 2021. Who runs them? Rick Spielman? I don't So, yeah, they have a first-round pick. They have eight seventh-round picks? They have the Tampa Bay Lightning second-round pick. They have the Chicago Blackhawks and Capitals third round picks in addition to their own. They have the Blues and Kings fourth round pick in addition to their own. I was set to fire Bergevin like so, a Bergevin like two years honestly, ago. Honestly, and if we want to turn this into a Montreal Canadiens podcast, uh, they're going to be buyers the, at 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 yeah. a deadline because they have draft capital to give up. They have a ton yeah. of draft capital to give up. Yeah, it's fitting them all under the salary cap, which is going to be a, a difficult move. So they will probably have to shed someone. I don't know. I'm just throwing a name out there like like a like a like a. Paul Byron or a Brandon Gallagher. Gallagher has a limited no move clause, but um, yeah, that that, that would be it. I would I would take I would take a chance on Philip. I absolutely would. What what is Edmondson's um salary for them? 
Do you have you that? Said, you said uh, Edmund Sins. Joel Ed, Edmondson. Edmondson, yes, who played for the Blues previously. Uh, he is making Joel three Edmonds. and a half, and he has a modif- He has three and a half through twenty twenty four, and he has a, a modified no move. Because I would think that you could upgrade on him defensively. Yeah, like Weber's turned out to be damn good he, for him. He, this Which, contract. by the way, I hated that trade at the time. Yeah, and he, I and said, he, how can you trade PK Subban, who I loved? And he's not going anywhere. Weber's no, no, no. He's no contract he, no. is no, no. His contract is nuts. So his contract is nuts. Yeah. Well, um, one last one, one last one for you, and it's not in Montreal. Reckless speculation. He's a UFA after this season, and he's my guy. You pick up the phone and try to get Ryan Newton Hopkins from Edmonton. But you have been you have been stalking him. I should file some type of report with, with the Canadian Mounties against you for this. You have been stalking this man for four years. Would you give up a first-round pick and join Greenway for Ryan Newton Hopkins? How old is he now? Ryan Newton Hopkins is only 27. Good God. He came to the league at 18. He's been in the league since like 1964. Yeah. I don't know that I would give up Greenway in a first-round pick, but I would, again, give up one of those and something else. I mean, I, I like him. Edmonton's a mess, by the way. They have no second or third round or fifth round picks this year. They are a mess. They are, I mean, they have, I do believe, the best player in the game today in Connor McDavid. But my God, they have. They're the Angels. I mean, no like, def- you know, Yes. Yeah, they're, they're my, the he's angels. Mike Trout. Yeah. Mike but, Trout. but, I mean, Dreisaitl, phenomenal, right? Oh, he's great. McDavid, phenomenal. They have RNH, damn good. They have high-end talent up front. They're incredibly fast, but they never build that blue line. They've got one key guy out. Oh, they're just a mess. So, yes, I would definitely make that call. I would definitely. But I I think of all of the names that we've talked about, the realistic one who would intrigue me because I think that you could just plug him in and be done as long as he agreed to extension is Daniel. Yeah, that would be be your The better one, I, I, I actually like the idea. I just don't know what I'm getting. Right. Like, he might be a bust. If you can get, like, that's why I'm saying with Bennett, you can just swap out bad situations for bad situation. Like, and like, he wants out. I'm, it, yeah, you're the, right. The trade's a wash. Like, if best case scenario is Sam Bennett works out, worst case is it's just like Galchenyuk and you're able to bail and you're gone. So, all right, hold on a fun. second. So, that's it for trade. Reckless speculation. But that's not it for this. Reckless speculation. This is not a fun one to do, but I think it needs to, to be done. And I don't think we have flushed this out on the podcast uh, yet um, completely since the news came down. Marco Rossi, uh, he will he will not be returning from his homeland of Austria, correct? Right. Um, he had COVID-19 when he was playing overseas previously. He sat out. He got past it, which is great. Um, he then played one game for his team overseas before they shut down operations completely because of a COVID outbreak with them. He then came uh, to North America and played in the World Juniors in Edmonton for Austria. He was captain of that team. He felt tired while playing. He had uh, blood work done for a physical to join the Wild and in training camp after the World Juniors came to an end. And that's where we hit the major snag of, yes, COVID-19 affects young people. Yeah, uh, He's 19 he has an undisclosed issue, uh, a post-COVID issue that caused them to shut him down completely. He's been sent home, according to our buddy, Michael Russo of The Athletic. He will not be returning, uh, at least for the 2021 season. He is done. He hopefully is going to be absolutely fine. I think the expectation is he's in great condition. He's young. He will recover and be fine to play. Uh, hopefully for the while beginning in 2021-22. Let me tell you why I think that this is a big deal beyond the health concerns, Declan. Because that that by itself is a big concern. But beyond the health concerns, I think this is a big deal. Because in a 56-game season, on a team where where Rossi plays a premium position at which this team doesn't have those guys, I thought it was an ideal opportunity to get him here, sort of get him in, um, I'm sorry, but with all of the all of the weirdness in sports in 2020 into 21, I don't feel like these years are your normal years. Some leagues aren't playing the same amount of games. Things are going wrong, and I think people accept that. So I thought that this was going to be a really good opportunity to get 
Rossi here, take a look for six games, and then probably keep him here. And ideally, to have him center the first or second line. And to get him what I think for next season would have been invaluable experience, like a really great start. Now that's all wiped out. He can't play at all. I think that this is an underlying big deal in that sense because with the dearth of centers that this franchise has, I really do believe that they would would have kept him on the roster, kept him here, and that if handled right, it would have been a really valuable opportunity for a kid to learn. It's it's a scary situation for him, and yeah, I mean, at this point, you want him to just focus on his health and get healthy COVID situation, and that's what we're seeing more and more with people who have COVID, especially younger people. It's not just, look, I had a bout with COVID. I got over it pretty quickly. It didn't affect me too much. Um, at the same time, I haven't had a health, I haven't had a physical or a healthcare visit since. Probably should get on that to make sure I'm all all good, because I've also had issues with my heart before, uh, pre-COVID. So I, I, And that's the or- ordinary thing. It is ordinary. That's the or, very ordinary. That's the classic sign of something yeah. for young people, I think, with COVID. So I, I understand that. Now, this is where I talked, I told you about this at World Juniors. Now, I did not envision this uh-huh. happening. And I, I, I don't, this isn't, I don't want this to come off like I told you so. But when he went to World Juniors, I made the claim that, I think best case scenario, if he wants to play with the Wild, is Austria gets out quick and he doesn't doesn't suffer a significant injury, because then he has a better chance of getting here quickly, better chance of probably making the team and sticking around. And now he contracted a virus, a viral virus that is a global pandemic that none of us saw happening. I was I was hoping that it wouldn't be a you know a, just a physical upper lower body injury that could keep him out. Right. Um, but that's where I wanted him here immediately and said, and even consider the possibility of him just skipping World Juniors because I thought this team was so starved for centers. He was going to make the team be here past that eight-game minimum where you can loan him back because right now you're, you're throwing out Victor Rask on the first line because you, you have to. So it's a bummer. It's a humongous bummer. Um, and that's where I want him to just focus on his health and get, re- and get, ready, get himself ready for next season. He's out indefinitely. Um, but that that's where I, I just I'm not saying him playing World Juniors was was a dumb idea because any kid that has an opportunity to oh, go yeah, and do no, that he, he should have the great tournament. I know I'm not crazy as World Juniors as most hockey nuts, but I completely understand the passion and spectacle of it. It that's is a great. fun fun tournament. Um, but it, it's a it's a real big kick in the groin uh, if you're a Wild fan. How did the doctors miss this for that tournament? Is my question. Well, so all right, here, here's because like he clearly had these. He clearly had this going into that tournament. Here, here's what I do know from firsthand experience, and I don't know if Mar- I'm not insinuating that Marco Rossi has myocarditis. We don't we don't yeah. know that, so I'm not going to insinuate that he does. But as someone who has had myocarditis, it sneaks up on you, and all of a sudden it hits you. Hmm. So I had so I had a really bad cold the month before. I had a really bad cold for a week. I did travel. Uh, and I just had runny nose and, and a really bad cough, like a mini flu situation, essentially. I, I thought I had gotten over it. A month later, I traveled again. I don't know how I got two trips on an airplane in, in a month because I, I don't have the money to do that, but somehow I did. That's what credit cards are for. And I was I was snowboarding, and all of a sudden, like just this wave of chest pain hit me, and I thought it was just the altitude because I was in Colorado, couldn't which breathe. is a different altitude. Yeah, and I just felt like I couldn't breathe. <laughs> I got in there. Yep, they just said, "Yeah, my my heart." They did a heart scan. And they found that you you have your you have what's called myocarditis. And I said, "Well, what the hell is that?" And he goes, "Well, it's an infection on your outer heart wall." And it they asked me, "Have you been sick like within the last month or two? And I said, "Well, I had a really bad cold a month ago, but up until the last three weeks, I've been like I have felt fine up until me in this Garnian hospital." And they're like, "Yeah, I think what happened was what's really normal is these colds." You think they go away, but what happens is the virus attaches itself to your outer heart wall, not inside your heart. So it's still scary, but not not physically in your heart. But it will it will attach itself to your outer heart wall and cause a, another spread of the virus. So it snuck up on me just like that. So I, I can understand how a doctor would miss this up until the last possible moment. It is okay. scary. It's a freaky situation. Yeah, that is scary. I mean, it was it was bad. I mean, I had and it's doc- complete rest, right? Yeah, just they they. Or you're supposed to rest. You're supposed to, that they they told me I could have went snowboarding the next day when I was literally, you know, in a garden. I was like, dude, I'm not going snowboarding the next day. I'm like, I'm not. Don't, don't that doesn't do sound that. like a good idea to me. But uh, no, it was just rest. It was very rest, okay. and they told me to monitor things, and then I get another. I had to obviously do some follow ups once I got back. Because all this happened in a 
Colorado hospital in the mountains. Uh, so when I got back to Minneapolis, I had to deal with that stuff. But and I and I got past it and I was fine. Uh, but it is something now I have to monitor because, as anyone knows, right. there's, if there's one thing that happens to your body that you should always be wary of, once it happens once, it's your heart. <laughs> so yeah, you get on two um, of them. You, you don't. You, there's not a backup. Yeah, and and you know a bad ticker can really, unfortunately, as it has not just not just pass it. It has ended some amazing lives because it because you just don't have a good ticker. So yes, um, that is my Declan Goff health update. Uh, how, and how it relates okay. to Marco Rossi in a way. But I wanted this kid yes. to be able to play, Me damn too, it. Dan. I, I wanted I to see him play. I wanted to see him develop, and now it's going to take some time. All right, the final thing. In fact, hold on a second. I'm, I'm going to get some hockey-appropriate uh, music for this. Okay. New segment on Judd's Hockey Show with Declan. We're going to call it the Wild Stock Report, and we're going to do it every week, okay? Your top five... And bottom three on the wild right now as far as your perception of the stock of that player. So this is a living, breathing, fluid list, okay? It's not just the five best players or the three worst. It's guys who you deem to be at their best or worst. And the only thing that I did for the initial one was I didn't include guys who just came off the taxi squad. So, like, I didn't include your guy Jerry in my b- bottom three. Sure. Because, I mean, he's, you know, he's not going to play it that, that long. Or what, Luke Johnson, right? Like, I, I'm not going to pick on guys who are just playing a quick role here. So, I will let start. you start. Oh, okay, I'll start. I'll start. And let's go back and forth. Okay. Let's start with our top five current wild players as far as if we were buying stock. Uh, I will go from five up to one. So I'll start with five, then you'll go five. Is that what we're going to do fine. here? That's okay. fine. You, you pick the rules. All right. I will start. Five to one. Number five for me, Jonas Brodin. I'm going with Jonas Brodin to start. Now, Jonas signed that big contract. We all know how reliable defensive 40 is, and, and we have seen that already. We have seen moments that have been noticeable that even you can tell that he has broken up good plays and he's been in the right position. Um, I've loved what I've seen from him. Here's why he's number five for me. Jonas is finally starting to shoot the puck a little more. So through 11 games... Jonas Brodin is averaging a career high of 1.9 shots per game. That is almost a full shot more than he has averaged in his career. Now, Jonas is never going to be, well, he has never shown he can be an offensive juggernaut. He has teased us before, and he's been on power plays. He has the, I guess he has the tools to do it. He just doesn't use said tools in the shot. Yep. So for for me, number five, Jonas Brodin. Okay. Let me go to four. Yep. Number four. Yep. Go through your top five. For me, it is uh, Kevin Fiala. Kevin Fiala, number four for a few. He, he could be higher on this list. I thought he'd be higher on your he list. He thought he'd be higher on my list. You lo- I mean, you have a man crush on him, I so do. I thought he'd be higher. I do. Uh, All right. Obviously, the suspension limited him to without the three games, so that kind of puts pause on a little bit. He got off to a slow start in the first couple games, then has ranted up over the last few. And even though um, I would still like him to have a few more goals, and I know he would too, his demeanor and the way he carries himself... I've yet to be frustrated with him, and I love watching him play. And as you said, the man crush is there, so he's number four. Absolutely. Number three, Jordan Greenway. Jordan Greenway has quietly led this team in points. Who the hell would have saw that coming? I got the music. Don't worry about oh, it. Nice. Wait, wait, um, wait. I'm going to change it. Oh, you are? Yeah, you score. On. Okay, on your production. Yep. Oh, all right. I like it. Hockey Net in Canada. Oh, yeah. Let's mix it up. So Jordan Greenway, going into that last Tuesday game, only Leon Dreisaitl and Connor Bleeping McDavid had more points five on five than Jordan Greenway. I saw Greenway. that stat. Yeah, it, that's remarkable. It, I don't know what the prop bet was for Jordan Greenway to be third in you points know what? through 10 games. Bill, so you would have been a rich man if you put money on it. Billy Guerin's talk with, with Greenway after the bubble worked. I agree. I mean, it worked. There's yeah. no question about it. Yeah, he's off he, to a great start. He's doing everything we wanted. Yes. He's doing like, and, this is what you wanted. And, and it's quiet. It's not like he's doing things in a in an insane sexy way. I would I, I would say either. It's not like he is um he's no. scoring super gritty goals. He's just doing what he is supposed to always been doing. Exactly. You know? That's that's work. exactly what it is. Just work your ass off, dude. Yeah. Uh number two for me, Joel Erickson Eck. I have Eck as number two. Okay. Um same thing, similar to Greenway. Yes, he's not scoring pretty goals, but I just wanted the suit to start scoring some goals. And he's already a defensive sound forward. We know that. But now he's adding some offense to his game. We will always, unfortunately, compare this kid with the Brock Besser pick, and that's not fair. But Joel Erickson Eck has been the team's best center as uh, the Wild. He has been, fan- he's been, he's been fantastic. Awesome. And number one, to no surprise, is Kirill Kaprizov. I'm guessing he's number one, too. He's been everything we thought he would be. Dollar Dollar Bill Kirill. Um, he's basically had to play center, even though he's not a center. He acts like a center. He is, he is awesome. So he's my number one. So my five through one, yep. Jonas Brodin, 
Kevin Fiala, Jordan Greenway, Yolich Sinek, and Kirill Kaprizov. It's Dala Dala Bill? Like, say it right. Dala Dala Bill Kirill. But it's Dala Dala. I think it's Dala Dala. Okay. I'm with you. I just yeah. don't know. I'm not, but it could be one dollar. It doesn't matter. But Dala Dala Bill I, I will call him what I want to call him. No, I know. I'm trying. No, I'm trying to get how the kids, kids say it get, right. Kids say it. I'm I trying to you. say it right. I All right. You. My five through one, if I'm buying stock right now in wild players, I'm with you. At five, Jonas Brodeen. I think he has been the Wild's best defenseman so far in their first 11 games. I don't think it's that close. Jared Spurgeon, if I'm not mistaken, is a minus four. Jared Spurgeon's not played great. Uh, Suter has not played great for sure. I thought he, he had another sort of shaky game on Tuesday. Jonas Brodeen looks now like he is sure of himself, and he's always been good. Like, he's never been bad, I don't think. He's always been solid, so Brodeen's five. Number four on my list, he's dropped a little bit, uh, but he's still been off to a great start. Yule Eriksson Ek, five goals, four assists in 11 games. 31 shots are actually tied with Zach Breezy for the team lead, and so he is four. I like it. NHL 94. Number three, I'm going with your man crush. He only he has three goals in eight games because of the suspension. But Kevin Fiala, here's what I love, okay? Two things. One, 30 shots on goal, second on the team. So he's still shooting up a storm. Second of all, before he got suspended, I thought he had played two fantastic games. Fully engaged, showing flashes. He, You would like for him to score, but the far more important thing is the eye test of what you're seeing him do. And in two games before the suspension against the Kings, he was playing, I thought, fantastic. So, Fiala's three. Number two, give it up for Jordan Greenway, man. Two goals, eight assists, 10 points, 11 games. Um, If we're going to hammer the likes of Greenway and Charlie Coyle for not doing what we want, then when they do, I got to give them a ton of credit because the job's not a great job. Like, it's a lot of getting beat up and beating people up in the corners and doing a lot of the grit work. Uh, Greenway has been, Greenway almost has, and he's a better player, but it's like he has taken a page from the Marcus Foligno playbook of how to apply yourself. Yeah. But he's got more talent. Yes. So it's a win. It's a win-win. And then I'm with you. Dalla Dalla Bill, Kirill. But can I give you one gripe about him? Sure. And I think we I talked think about this yeah, Tuesday night. We're going to go with this. Yep. But I looked up. I, I looked this up to confirm that the Judd eye test was correct. And it is. So three goals and nine points so far in 11 games. 17 shots is 10th on the team. Yeah, he's got to shoot more. I mean, dude, he's shoot. shoot. He's got to shoot And like more. everybody, Zach and Ryan Suter, and everybody should be telling you, every veteran should say, Kirill. What, what, what Zach? The, Kirill, Kirill, you are our Patrick Kane. Like, watch what Kane does. Kirill's got some of the same same skills. I'm not saying he's Kane, but he's got some of those skills. Okay? Yep. I want you to be selfish with the puck. And I want you to shoot. You And look, if you can facilitate, awesome. But your number one goal should be to score goals. So five to one for me. Rodin, Eriksenek, Fiala, Greenway, Kaprizov. All right. Bottom three. Because I think five is too much. I, I tried to do five and I'm like, no, I'm basically just picking on guys. I think the three, eight, eight, what I think that we can call the hat trick of disappointment Three, two, one. Who is your third one? Third one for me is Nick. Bottom Bukestad, three is Nick Bukestad. Oh, I like now, it. Now you, he might not be on yours, and he might not be on he's, everyone's. He's not, but I, I just, I applaud your work. I don't, I don't know what to make of him. He had a horrible debut. Then he strung together a few games where he was noticeable in, in good ways. Yes. And I, and I thought there was something maybe okay, maybe he's all right. He, he's not a number one center, but you know maybe there's something something nope. to be said here. No, no. He is who he is. At this point, he's a bottom six guy, and he's big. He's tall. You'd think that he'd be able to be the guy he was in Florida when he scored 20 goals. No. Nope. I just, the, the effort, and the, the, he does not apply himself. And that has been a knock on him since, since being the at Gophers. The since the Gophers. And Dex, I will tell you right now, in covering him as a golfer, sure. I saw him and thought, oh my God, that size and ability, he's going to dominate. Way too rarely did he, and, and we're talking college. So we're talking a guy like him should take it to everybody a lot, right? 
Um, and he never did. He never did. Not consistently. He's a passive human being, and he plays hockey like he lives life. Uh, he, he's gifted. He's right. got gifts, but he doesn't apply them. And in this league, when you don't apply them, that's how you become a fourth-line guy, or he'll bounce to take your pick next. The Carolina, you know, Hurricanes or something. So number two for me. Yes. Zach Parisi. Zach Parisi, number two most disappointing player oh for me. I have to push away from the oh, table. Um, I. Oh, my God. I'm starting to get a little concerned here. Oh, my God. Starting to get a little concerned I here. I didn't see this coming when I did this um, exercise. I know he's been in front of the net. He's been in his Parisi areas. His shooting percentage is very criminally low. He's fired enough shots on net. I'm starting to get concerned. And this is where another, maybe you need to, again, expedite your center search so you can start elevating the players who are supposed to be scoring big goals for you. But I'm starting to get a little concerned. I'm starting to get a little concerned. He's starting a ton in the offensive zone. His Corsi is awful. 41%, which means the teams are out shooting him heavily when on the ice. I'm concerned. I'm starting to be concerned. Oh, my God. I can't believe it. That. That's a hot take, but I I'm concerned. See, I didn't see it coming. I'm Number concerned. two underachieving bottom stock guys. Don't buy stock right now on Zach Breezy. I wouldn't. Or maybe the, maybe you can make the case because the stock is so low it only goes up. I don't know. Do what you want to do with your stocks. That's that's not my uh, Exactly. My it's my stock. So you, oh, I think I know who your top one is. Yeah, my number ahead. one is Marcus Johansson. Yeah. It wasn't even going to be just my number one in the top was obvious. Yeah. My number one in the bottom three is obvious. It's Marcus Johansson. The sooner we can get on to this. So the game he got hurt in, so the game he got hurt, hurt in, and, and he's now on the COVID list, protocol list, uh, he actually played pretty well. But before that, yeah, you're 1,000% right. So my bottom three. Not, he doesn't, he's not that good. He Nick Bukestead, Zach Parise, Marcus Johansson. Good luck topping that. No, look, I really can't. I really can't. Number three on my list, I don't care what he does, and he just he can't skate. He's trying. Victor Rask. Victor Rask. He didn't make mine. He almost made number five. He for made me, he made for my most three. impressive. Three goals in eleven games. The one good good thing is that I did see in the game against Chicago last night, Nino Niederreiter scored his fourth goal. So he is now winning the race with Rask on on guys who are traded for each other, the goal scoring race. Uh, but I put Rask at three. Uh, the problem with Rask, and the reason why I like him on my, my list personally, mm-hmm. is I want to remind this team. I'm going to play this just for you. Oh, I heard it f- like five times last night, or six times. They won at home. They beat the Panthers. Hey, can I tell you quickly? Yeah. Last night, I commandeered the wife's computer. I had mine, which I was trying to fix because I had some problems from a cup of coffee that spilled in it. Uh, I did fix it, I think. Uh, my phone and my TV, I had four games. Rangers and Caps on the main TV. Carolina and the Blackhawks on the phone. God. Um, on the my wife's computer, I had Blues and Coyotes. Mm-hmm. And on my computer, I had the Stars and the Blue Jackets. Wow. And then I just and then I I can only make it that far with Chelsea Dagger before I want to jump out the window. So you love that song? No, it's awful. Did did you see the Kane goal last night? I did not actually. I'll look it up though. (laughs) Unbelievable! All right, Victor Rask is three on my list. Bottom three wild players sell the stock now if you dare, if you can. My second one, I thought he would make your list because I thought he was going to be not good, but I thought he was going to be good enough, and he's just not so far. Nick Benino. Okay. Okay. Yeah, so, like so the positive on on the former Pred is that he has won fifty nine fifty five point nine percent of his faceoffs. He is easily the Wild's best faceoff guy. That's not saying a lot. Okay. No, it's not. But he has one goal and one assist in eleven games. I believe he was on the second line to start the season. He's now down to the fourth line that they played. I believe. I believe he was on the fourth line in Colorado at uh, Ball Center on Tuesday, and he's a minus six. I don't know there's a lot here. I just don't think that there's a lot here. And again, he's a guy who's definitely being asked to do too much because of the fact that this team lacks guys at a key position. And I'm with you on number one. I, your, your Parisi take is highly controversial. It is. But I sort of like it. Thank you. So I put Johansson one. I, it's just not going to be good. It's not going to work. It's just not going to work. They dump stall because they wanted to dump stall. They took back what they could get. The Fenton and Garen have one thing in common. 
The Nino trade and the Stall trade, very similar. I, I want to dump this guy. Yeah, get him out. Give, give me a box of rocks. Yeah, I don't care. I want to dump him. Don't care. All right, final thoughts, Declan Goff? Final thoughts. Because uh, we don't know when they're going to play. I, supposedly, the Wild's supposed to play next Wednesday against the Blues, but uh, as Dukes told us on the scoop on Mackie and Judd yesterday, uh, there is at least one player on the Wild who's not pleased with that because they'd come back to practice on Tuesday. Uh, and we also don't know if more guys are now going to test positive for COVID who were exposed to it in the past seven, eight in the past week. Four. Yeah, they added well, Sturm, at least on the list. Sturm, Sturm got added to the list yesterday. And that does not mean they necessarily are positive, right? Correct. It means that they were exposed to it. Correct. But I okay. think if you're being added to the list now, I'm going to go out on a limb and play doctor. I think if you're being added to the list now, you probably do have it uh, because the exposed part would have been earlier. Like now you're probably just flat out testing positive for it. Yeah. But, but to play doctor again, you might be asymptomatic. Oh. Because these are young people and I think a lot of young people do end up, the, pro- the problem that I don't know is if you can have, and my guess is the answer is yes, can you have issues? Because I think when Rossi got it, mm-hmm. he like had a very, like you, he had a very mild, like yeah. the symptoms weren't bad, but then he had a long haul problem. Yep. So that's the concern is, is just because you get it and you're done with it quickly. Correct. When they give you the physical again, are you fine? And the answer is not always. Yes, I know. I know I'm going to get notes right away. Uh, look at look at this. T- listen I know. To, listen to doctors, people. Stop playing doctor. I know. Well, I'm, I'm saying it to other people. I'm not saying that. You. Right, but I am playing doctor. Okay. I'm playing doctor. I'm playing medical doctor right, right. now. Okay. Because I watch a lot of TV. Law and Order, Emergency. I was into some Judge Judy. I love me some Judge Judy. If we're going to wrap nope. with trashy television right now on Judge Hockey Show. Yeah, I really don't watch Judge Judy. Apple, Spotify, Score North. Uh, yeah, I love me some Judge Judy. I don't know why. I've always have. I love that she's just a great stickler. Oh, yeah. She likes yeah. to put it right to him. Yeah. And you know what? People deserve it. Yeah. All right. We are, uh, we are done back on... Next week now, since I guess we don't know the Wild's exact schedule. Declan, do your thing. Pass, shoot, score. Your dog is more than just your bestie with the cutest face ever. Get to know them on a genetic level with Embark Vet. Developed by veterinarians and PhDs, Embark screens for more than 215 genetic health risks across more than 350 breeds. It's top-notch science for your top-notch pup. Go to EmbarkVet.com and use promo code DNA, that's DNA, to get $60 off an Embark Breed and Health Kit or Purebred Kit with free shipping. That's promo code DNA to save today.